first and foremost. You, listen, you need to seek professional help immediately. Maybe you already have, but the fact that you're emailing me on this podcast, I'm one, I'm questioning if you've done this yet. You need to seek professional counseling. What's up, guys? Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for listening. I'm grateful for this uh, opportunity, for this platform, and from all the different places that you've come from, or whatever platform you're even using right now to listen to it. Uh, I know that we have a lot of people that have come from social media and come from TikTok. We have a lot of TikTokers watching these days, and because I put these little clips on there, and then it, and it brings you here. So welcome. Uh, I also know that we have people coming from After Midnight, my radio show, and then we have my music fans. So a lot of different people. Uh, some of you might not be connected at all, but I, I just want you to know that I'm thinking about all the different groups, and I'm grateful for this for this time that we get to spend sitting around a campfire, and that's what I think this podcast is like. It's like me and you sitting around a campfire. It's getting late and you walk up, I'm by myself and you say, Hey, could I, could I run something by you? Something that's been on my mind. I've been thinking about something, something that's been bothering me, or I'm trying to make, I'm trying, I'm wrestling with it in some way. And I'd like to talk to you about it. And I'm not always right, but I'll just tell you that I tell you, I could walk through it uh, the best that I know how, as if we're, we're friends. And that's honestly how I feel. If you want to be part of this podcast, if you want to be part of these questions, you just email me grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com and I'll get to them right now. It's just me today. Um, the first the first subject line says, ready for that campfire talk, brother. I get it, right? I get it. It says, howdy, Granger. Uh, I love watching your channels. I'm 31, going on 18. Okay, jokes aside, when I'm nervous, I, I joke around much of my apologies. I'm, I'm getting married this year, October 11th, 2022, and we met in a in the military, Camp Pendleton, and we moved to our his hometown in Texas. Now, here's the juice. My father has had his moments of being narcissistic. He has ruined a lot of holidays because of his opinion and not and him not receiving the response he wants out of people, especially responses and actions from his own family. He has verbally and physically abused the family. He thinks he can do no wrong and acts his own way. He thinks that he can act and do whatever he wants. He doesn't remember the power of the tongue brings life and death. He has voiced his opinion about my wedding. He doesn't want my sibling parentheses, stepkids to be invited to the wedding for his personal reasons. When I told him that I will still invite my siblings, he said some horrible things that a father should never say to his baby girl. He said he wishes that I was never born and he couldn't wait till I changed my last name. Wow. Uh, He hopes that my fiance loses his job and we live out of a box under a freeway. I've been leaning on God. I know God wants me to be kind, generous, loving, forgiving, and I'm so afraid that my father will distort my wedding just like he did my older brother's wedding three years ago. I've been praying for him ever since I was a little girl, uh, hearing him yell at my mom in a locked room. I know that God gave us free will, and it's up to my father to surrender to God and that he will be saved from his own pain. But I get so angry and caught up in the moment, thinking my father will say, I love you. You're my everything. And then boom, I do something that he disagrees with, like inviting my sibling. And he disowns me so quickly, like a stray dog begging for food. I lost what love really is. I lost myself. I don't know how to respond. Should I have more faith in God to protect me through this and invite him to my wedding this year? 
Or should I save the heartache and not invite him? I feel wrong in both decisions. I, I appreciate you taking the time to read this. God bless. It comes from Kenna. And then she puts at the bottom Proverbs 18.21. Kenna, thank you for emailing. This is, um, this is not something I, I want to take lightly. I feel the gravity of it. And, and I, I appreciate your vulnerability to share uh, something that is so troubling to you and, and also so personal. And you want to share it in a, in a public way to me. And, and I just I appreciate you so much. I'm so grateful for you. And I'm so grateful that you would trust um, this podcast to take this to. Um, where do I start? There's a lot of starting spots here. Um, but I want to start with God. <laughs> I want to start with the part where you said, should I have more faith in God protecting me through this and invite him to my wedding? Well, no. First of all, I, I don't believe I don't believe that the Bible says in any way that he is going to protect us from problems. It's never, it's never part of any narrative or any story that we read in the Bible. God doesn't shield us from the problems or protect us from it. Uh, and a lot of times, this is not me, I'm just a messenger here, but the Bible will take us, says that God will take us into problems for us to deal with, with him. So we trust in him and lean on him that he's going to lead us through it and that we'll learn something from it and that, that through the struggle, it will matter so there, there's a big difference in saying that I trust God will get me through it and free me of it and free me of all the pain. That doesn't come in this lifetime on this earth. Instead, when, when we're on this earth, when we're in this flesh, when we're in these, these human tents, uh, God will set up these struggles and take us through it so that we know more how to trust him. In fact, I did a, a sermon on this where I used the analogy of Lincoln, my son, going skiing with me, and he was falling and I kept picking him up and he would fall and I pick him up and he'd fall and I pick him up and and eventually I just wanted him to trust me that I could get him down the mountain with me but his only way to learn how to ski the only way he was ever going to learn is if he went up there on the mountain and fell and and I didn't just hold him on the bunny slope or I didn't prevent him from ever falling he needed the falls to learn I knew that just like God knows that you need this you need your struggles for you to learn to trust, ultimately, learn to trust him. And this one time Lincoln fell off. I told him not to go down this specific trail, and he went anyway deliberately against what I said. And he fell, and this time I didn't run to get him. I let him sit there in the snow a little bit. And he took off his glove, and it was just completely wet. And I said, Lincoln, put the glove back on your hand. And he said, I can't. It's too wet. And I said, Lincoln, when will you learn to trust me? When will you know that I'm telling you what you need to hear? All that being said, when he finally broke down and said, Daddy, come get me. I can't do this anymore. I, then I went to him and I brushed off the snow and I put his glove on and I took him down the mountain. And sometimes it takes that through these kind of situations to go, God, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I've lost what love really is. I've lost myself. You're saying that to me. I'm saying for you to say that back to God. Give it to him. Complete surrender. That's what this is. And so that's, that's that part of it. The second part of it is, I think you should forget about your dad going to this wedding. And, and I don't think that your dad, uh, from the little that I know about him, I don't think this is a guy that is, um, it's really going to matter that you didn't invite him to the wedding. I don't think that's going to, he's not going to walk away and go, well, that was the final straw with her. You know, this is a guy that's narcissistic and he will keep coming back 
at different times. And then, then it'll be up to you if you want to open that door again. But, but right now, this is not about him. This is about you and your husband and this beautiful wedding that you're planning and this beautiful memory that you'll have the rest of your life at this wedding. And I, I don't think that he has a place in it right now. I don't think he's earned that spot. I don't. I, you know, I, I think that I think that that our reciprocal love back to our parents is contingent on how they're treating us. I, I think a father should always love a, a child because they brought him into this world. I think that that should, that should be unconditional. But I, I think a, a, a child uh, doesn't doesn't have to reciprocate that. You could have a horrible parent, and you don't have to love them. You could love them because they brought you into the world, but you don't have to love them for any other reason. This guy hasn't, hasn't earned anything from you, especially being physically and verbally abusive to you and your mom and your siblings. Uh-uh. Now, now, he's, now he's taking you down. He said some awful things like, I hope you guys live in a box. I hope your husband, fiance, loses his job. I can't wait for you to change your name. Hey, you could do this with grace. You could do it with absolute grace and say, Dad, I forgive you. I understand. I'm not surprised by this, but I can't invite you to this wedding. I can't. I don't have the space. I'm sorry if that offends you, but this is not about you. This is about my wedding. And I don't have the emotional space to open up enough room for you to be with us. Say it like that. that you could say it with so much grace and so much humility where you don't have to be sharp with them. You don't have to be snarky with them. You don't have to say anything you, you can't take back. You just say, Dad, I want to work this out with you. I want things, I desire things to be good between us. But right now, I have to focus on this wedding. I have to focus on my fiance and making this a very, very big memory for us. And I don't have the space for you to be part of it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And uh, Kenna, that, that's what I would tell you. This, your story is not that rare a lot of people are going through stuff like this with weddings. And it happens again when you, when you have babies. <laughs> happens again. Because then he's going he's gonna to ask the same thing when, he's, when you have a child and, and he's wanting to see this baby and he feels like he has rights to see this baby. Dad, I don't have space. I'm sorry. And he, he knows. He's human. He knows he has to earn that. You have to earn that kind of stuff. And he hasn't. Well, thank you for asking the question. popping around here on in the inbox. If you want to email me for this podcast, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Next question says, uh, subject line, college sports guidance. Hey, Granger, I want to try my best to keep this short. My name is Tabitha. I'm from Wisconsin. I compete in division one track and field, and I'm lucky enough to be on a partial scholarship. I dedicate 20-ish hours a week to track our biggest meets, our indoor and outdoor conference meets. They determine scholarship amounts and the next semester for the next semester, and they let us know how hard we worked all year. This year, the outdoor conference meet is on May 7th, same day as my boyfriend's brother's wedding. I love Mason, his fiance. And I love Mason and his fiance, and I want them to be able to help. Um, I want to be able to help celebrate their wedding. They mean a lot to me and my boyfriend, and I feel so torn. I don't want to miss showcasing all of this work I'm putting into track and miss a chance for financial aid. I also don't want to look back in 20 years and say, wow, I wish I would have gone to their wedding. What would you do? I appreciate it so much. And thank you for your advice, Tabitha. 
Another wedding, back-to-back wedding questions, but very, very different. Um, Okay, Tabitha, I'm going to walk through this. From my perspective, what I would tell you, and this is not fact. In fact, you could take this away with everything I say today. This is not, um, this is, this kind of question is my opinion. And that's because I'm not going to, uh, I'm not going to something that is, that is based in total truth like the Bible. I'm going to tell you what I would do. I've been in this, in this kind of situation, um, in, in the music business, I've had to take tour dates that I had to take. I had to, I, sometimes I have to take a date because I'm paying a lot of people's bills. I'm paying a lot of families and I can't, I can't pass on dates on Saturday nights for a wedding because if I did, that would open the, the floodgates to, if you're, if you're going to say yes to, for instance, your boyfriend's brother's Mason, Mason's wedding then what, what, at what level do you stop saying yes or stop feeling obligated to go to these? Is the wedding important? Yes, it's very important. It's a big deal. Is this track meet important? Yes, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I would, I, I would do it this way. And, and I, think that, I think you could do this in a way where you have, you have a lot of grace. And I think you write a letter, a handwritten letter to Mason and his fiance and say, I love you too. I'm so happy for your wedding and for your future. And you matter to me. I can't, I can't find a way to attend your wedding and also be able to move forward with my financial aid and my college life. And it crushes me. Just be honest. It crushes me that I even have to make this kind of decision but I need to go to this track meet and I'm so sorry. And I, I hope that you can forgive me and I hope that there's no hard feelings, but I wanted to write this letter to just to tell you my heart and to tell you that I'm going to, I'm going to be there with you in my heart. And I want to be FaceTiming with the family and, and keep up with it as much as I can. And um, I'm going to try, I'm going to go to the rehearsal dinner and I'm going to go to um, the after party you're going to have or whatever that might be. But at the top of that, I think you need to be honest with them. I don't think, in my opinion, this is my opinion, I don't think you're going to look back in 20 years and go, I should have gone to that wedding. I should have been there. I should have been there. You might be shocked to hear me say that. And there might be some people listening that go, man, I totally disagree. Family's everything. But first of all, it's, it's your boyfriend. It's not just your boyfriend. I'm not going to say that. But um, it's it's not directly family yet. You might marry your boyfriend. Good chance, maybe, it sounds like. You love him, but not yet. You're not there yet. And I think that that separation is enough that this is not your brother-in-law yet. And you still have this, this element left with you where you still, have, you still have a space in your life where you have independence and you have priorities for yourself right now. You have to, because when you get married, you're going to lose that. In a good way, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna donate it back into the immediate family, but you have a, a sense of independence right now, and a sense of um, taking care of what you know you need to do for yourself and for your career right now. That is going to trump your boyfriend's family first, and when you get married, that'll change and that that priority will flip. But but right now, you still have this availability. 
I would write the letter. I would open up your heart. If they freak out on you, you could, you could reconsider. I don't think they would. I think a letter like that would, um, would, would be taken just like I read in, in the question before this wedding is not about you. It's, and it's not about your boyfriend. This is about Mason and his, and his fiance. And, and I, and I'm pretty sure they would understand where you're coming from. If you come from a heartfelt way of, of writing this letter. So shout out to Wisconsin and Tabitha. I wish you the best in this. This is, that's a, that's a sticky situation. Let's hit another one here. This one, interesting subject line says, struggling has become a habit. Hey, Granger, my name is Samantha. I'm 31 years old from Wisconsin. Again, shout out to Wisconsin, two in a row. Um, Who finally left a broken long-term relationship several months ago. I've been dating and have repeatedly found myself in situationships. Situationships is what she said. Which ultimately go nowhere and leave me hurt and heartbroken. It seems these men fall so fast and express their feelings towards me. However, it seems like a few weeks later, they begin to start to act off and pull away. When I try to express my feelings, they end up telling me I deserve better. Uh, I am lost because I don't know why this continues to happen. I, I don't know if I'm doing something wrong or if they're just not interested. I'm very sensitive, kind, and loving person. Sometimes I feel like I'm too caring and feel like it's a flaw. I want to find a person who cherishes me in a relationship that leads to marriage, but I don't know how to continue to have faith when this continues to happen. Thank you. Okay, Samantha, 31, shout out to Wisconsin. First of all, I'll dive into this by saying, first of all, the excuse of someone telling you, you deserve better, you should take that advice. When someone tells you, I don't know if I could be in this relationship because you deserve better. Take them for face value on that, right? Because they either really mean it or they're, or there's an element of they feel like um, they can't do enough for you or just ultimately they're not into you. Either way, you're out. You hear that? You hear someone say you deserve better? Okay, thanks. Thanks, thanks for the good advice for saving me from using up any more time right now with you, okay? Um, I don't think there's a way of, of salvaging that. Once, you, once that comes out of somebody's mouth, you take them for face value and you say, okay, great, Thank, thanks for the advice. I'll go find somebody better. Um, th- that being said, you could never, listen, you could never be too kind or too loving or too caring. It's not a flaw. That is not a flaw, so get that out of your head. There's no way that that is a human flaw to be too nice, too loving, too caring, right? So that, that the flaw is not that. The flaw is that you think that is a flaw. So, so reject that thought in your head. Reject that flaw that you, you start thinking about. You could never be too kind or loving or caring. Um, that is an incredible trait. That's an incredible fruit of the spirit that you're carrying with you. And you will make such a good wife with those qualities. And you'll pour into somebody and you'll find the right person and you'll, you'll use those traits and they will, they will accept them for what they are. Invaluable gold to them in their lives. To be able to say my wife is sensitive, loving, and caring. And then eventually when you're a mother, God willing, you're a mother that's sensitive, loving, and caring. That's incredible. I mean, what do you, what, what's the alternative? What do you want to be? 
shrewd and snarky and tough? What kind of mother is that? What kind of, what kind of wife would that be? So th- there is no alternative. You, you are in a, in a position where you're in a time of waiting, really. And, and so there's nothing you need to alter. There's nothing new you need to say. There's nothing new you need to change in your relationships or something that you, some trick that you need to know about or something you need to hold back and not say. You're doing everything right. You're just in a season of waiting. You just haven't found the right one yet. And you will. It, it just, you just will. Time will go by. And every time you come out of one of these relationships, like you're talking about, where you feel hurt and heartbroken, every single time, it matters to you because it's, it's adding to your tool shed. It's, it's a new piece of, of equipment that you need to move forward to continue trudging on this thing we call life. So once you get a new tool in the tool shed, a la a broken relationship, you go, I'm better now. I'm a little bit better than I was before this relationship because now I know this. Now, I, now I'm a little bit closer to this. And even after this podcast, hopefully you listen and you go, okay, that's a new tool for my tool shed. I'll no longer call being caring and loving a flaw. That's an asset. That's something you're going to be able to pour into somebody. And that's, that's an incredible thing for you. So, so don't look at these relationships as wasted or, or another mistake. Look at, instead of mistakes and wasted time, look at them as one step closer to the right one. That's you. So I would say to that, congratulations. You're one step closer to the right one. I'm going to take a break. Be right back. Podcast is brought to you guys today by ShipStation. Do you have an online business? Well, if you do, you know that things aren't getting any less crazy anytime soon. And online shopping isn't slowing down anytime soon. It's only getting bigger and bigger. Is your business ready to keep up the pace? Well, with ShipStation, you never have to worry about shipping again. Make the switch to a solution that handles all of your shipping needs quickly, affordably, and painlessly. ShipStation is already trusted by over 100,000 e-commerce sellers. Keep track of orders and any sales channel. Uh, you could easily find the best shipping carrier with deeply discounted rates. Automate just about any shipping task with just a few clicks. We have switched over to ShipStation with Yee Yee Apparel, and it has saved us. It allows us to be more creative on the things that we know how to do and stay in less in the weeds of things that we don't, like shipping. You could save time by funneling all your orders to one simple interface, no matter what you're selling. Manage every order, Amazon, eBay, Etsy, or your own website from anywhere, even your own cell phone. It is so nice to not have those kind of headaches and worry about that. You also save money when you compare other carrier options and choose the best shipping solution every single time. ShipStation works with every carrier, so you always find the best fit for you, and it saves your sanity. Like I said, knowing that your orders are handled and you are getting the best rates. So here's your call to action. Ship more in less time with ShipStation. Use my offer code Granger and get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no hassle, stress-free shipping. Just go to ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the page and then type in Granger. ShipStation. Make ship happen. Podcast also brought to you guys by Coinbase. 
Do you identify as crypto curious? Well, maybe, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. But if you thought about entering the world of cryptocurrency, but you feel a little bit overwhelmed like me, well, Coinbase makes learning things easy and you could learn to buy and sell super simple. They do it in a very understandable way. Cryptocurrency might feel like it's some big secret or exclusive club, but Coinbase believes that everyone everywhere should be able to get in the door, including guys like me that are not that tech savvy. So whether you've been trading for years or you're just getting started, Coinbase can help. Much coin, such base. Well, if you've been following the cryptocurrency craze, now is the time to get involved. You know this. Coinbase makes it quick and easy to start your own portfolio and learn to trade like a pro. And if you've been looking to level up your financial portfolio, well, it's always a good time to diversify. So why not think about cryptocurrency? Backed by the world's leading investors, Coinbase keeps your portfolio safe and secure while adding crypto into your mix. Coinbase offers a trusted and easy-to-use platform to buy, sell, and spend cryptocurrency. They support the most popular digital currencies on the market and make them easily accessible to everyone. They offer portfolio management and protection, learning resources, and a mobile app so you can trade right there on your cell phone, all in one place. Millions of people in over 100 countries trust Coinbase with their digital assets. Whether you're looking to diversify, whether you're just getting started, or searching for a better way to access crypto markets, we'll start today with Coinbase. For a limited time, new users get 10 bucks in free Bitcoin when you sign up today at coinbase.com slash Granger. Sign up at coinbase.com slash Granger for $10 in free Bitcoin. This is an offer that's only available for a limited time, so be sure to sign up today. That's coinbase.com slash Granger. Okay, welcome back. Digging into these questions. If you have a question for me for this podcast, email Podcast at gmail.com. Could be about any subject. My only request, you could make it about anything. My only request is just try not to make it too long. Like the length of your phone screen is perfect for me to read. Anything over that gets to be kind of jumbly. I'm not that, I'm not that good of a reader. So uh, that's my only request, but it could be about any subject. Grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. I would love to hear from you. And we're diving back into more questions. This subject line says, ready for kids? Question mark. Hi, Granger. My name is Emma. And I'm from a little tailgate town in Central California. My husband and I, 26 and 27, are coming up on one year of marriage, and we're having the baby talk. We feel like we're ready for kids, but financially, it's intimidating. We have 10 nieces and nephews between us, so we have an understanding on just how expensive kids can be. And though we both work full-time, we find ourselves waiting on what-ifs. Should we just bite the bullet, or will we know when we're truly ready? Thank you for any insight. We enjoy you taking the time during the podcast. Thank you, Emma. Shout out to Central California, Tailgate Town. And thanks for your question. I think it's a good one. Uh, my answer will be simple for you. Don't wait any longer. You're never going to be in a right, a, the, the perfect right spot to have a baby. If you wait, if that's your criteria is we want to be financially ready, you never will be. Because, because you're going to save up enough money for this and that and this and this and then college education and then it, that could just go on forever and then you're not 26 anymore, you're 36 and then you're 46. So my, my advice is if you guys have a great marriage and you're, you think that, that you are suited to be parents, then 
Think no more. Go for it. Try it. God, God will have the answer for you. He's ultimately going to bless you with a child or not. But, but I, I don't. I don't think waiting. I don't agree with waiting um, till your. You think your finances are perfect, because, um, hey, father of four, me, I, I would say, I would personally say that kids are as expensive as you want them to be. Meaning, if you want to, if you want to just get by they're not going to be that expensive, you know, barring some kind of crazy medical expense that you're going to have. Um, where they get expensive is when you start putting them in um, big private schools and, and, and club league baseball and cheerleading tournaments and traveling squads and, uh, and high-end clothing and, and super all natural organic formulas, you know, that's when you start getting things added up. But, but if you just want to come in at ground level, which I think is perfectly fine to raise a kid on, on a minimal budget, it's very doable. I mean, people have done it since the beginning of humanity. People have raised kids in shacks and caves and used rocks as toys. I, I know you, I know you want the best and I know that's not what you want for, for your child, but I, I'm just saying um, this is a new thing. It's a new concept for humans to consider, do we have enough money in the bank to have a baby? And I love the responsibility in that. And I think that's very, it's very good of you to, to consider that. But I don't think it's the final answer. Like, I don't think that, that that's where the X's and O's line up and you go, do we have this much money? No. I think that's a new thing for humans. Like people used to just get married and make babies. That's what they did. And then, and then the babies became part of their workforce on the farm. Like the more babies you had, the more kids that could work on your farm. Like that's how they did it. And now we think the opposite. We're like, man, I don't want this burden of a financial, you know, havoc on my, on my bank account because once I have this baby, I'm gonna have to put them in all this stuff that's really expensive. That's a new thought. So you could reject that thought. And once again, I know that I know you want the best for your baby. That's you're you're not you don't have a malicious thought to this. Like you're not a selfish person. That's not why you emailed me. But I'm just throwing it out there that I I think now's the time. I don't think there is a right time to wait. And I think you could do it on, on a budget. And I, I think you could take time off work to raise this this first baby. And you guys are gonna be just fine. Um, maybe you got to move out of California. It's really expensive there, <laughs> but, but I, I just, I think the time is now, if you're asking me, I think the time is now. And, uh, and then once you start trying it, then you give it all to God and he, he blesses you or you wait, but that's my answer. And it's pretty simple. Thanks for the question. Next question, subject line says, relationship ends, but is it? Hello, Granger, big fan. Your podcast is such a solid way to connect. I'm a huge fan. I recently ended a relationship, but now see that it wasn't the right choice. The only problem was I did this last summer, but she has allowed me to come back then. I'm not sure she could trust me, and I'm wondering if you had any insight on these feelings of heartache when I am the one who caused it. Dylan. Oh, Dylan. You are in a um, you're in a predicament that is very common. Not to minimalize this situation for you, but it's common, and you're you're feeling the draw of the rebound. You left the relationship once for a reason, 
And then you rebounded and you went back to her. And then you left twice. A second time you left her. And now you're rebounding again. That says something about this relationship. And I'm not saying that you have a problem or that she has a problem, but I'm saying you two together is a problem. And you have to take your mind back to the breakup. You have to transport yourself. And this is difficult to do, but you have to, you have to use your brain, not your heart. Forget your heart. It's flawed. No one can trust it, right? You can't trust your heart. That's what the Bible says. But you need to use your brain and go back to the day that you left the second time and the freedom that you felt leaving and the, 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 the burden that was lifted off of you because you got out of the relationship. What was she doing? What were you doing? Where, where was the toxic environment? Where was that starting? Where was it? Go back to that. And don't, don't go back to the good times, concentrating on how good it was and how, how awesome she is and how you don't have anybody right now that's as good as her. That's a lie because this crashed twice. I know there's people listening that think, well, I did it and I made it a third time. And then we got married. Now we're still married. And it's been 17 years. Okay, that's rare. That's rare. There's Everyone has a story and someone has done everything at some point. Someone has been in every situation and flipped the tables on everything. But odds are telling you right now that this isn't going to work and that you are rebounding to her. And it's, it comes down to really you haven't met anybody else yet. So there's this idea that you've heard me say it on this podcast before. There's, there's this idea of just being content with where you are in your life as a single man right now. Don't torture yourself anymore about what might have been or how there's you're thinking of the good times, but you're forgetting that you left and there's a reason you left. And what did you say here? You said, you said, recently ended, a, I, I see that it wasn't the right choice. That's what you said. I recently ended a relationship, but now see that it wasn't the right choice. That You're lying to yourself, man. You're lying to yourself to think that that wasn't the right choice when you did it twice. Look at anything else in life. You don't, you don't go, you don't leave a job and quit. And then think, well, I should go back and go back and work at the job again and then quit again and then decide to go back a third time. You, you, don't, you wouldn't do that with a job, so why would you do it with a relationship? It didn't work. There's something bad about it. Trust your brain, not your heart. Forget your heart. It's wicked. Trust your brain. Put yourself back in that situation. Dylan, leave her alone. It's, it's over. There's somebody new in the pipeline. Be content with where you are now in your life It is easier to say what I'm telling you than to do what I need you to do, Dylan, right? It's easier to say than do, but I'm telling you, use your brain, not your heart. It's over. Let's move on, okay? Thank you for the question, brother. Let's hit another one. These are fun. This is fun. (laughs) Not for the, it's fun for me, not for the people that are in it, right? Okay, how about this? This is this is very, very short. No subject. It says, hey, Granger, my name is Anthony. I'm 14 years old. I get bullied a lot every day. I don't know what to do. Anthony, my bro, I got your back. First of all, Granger Smith has got your back. So does Earl Dibbles Jr. Remember that. 
Secondly, if you were sitting around this campfire, I'd say, Anthony, where, where are your parents? Do they know this? Have you told them? Go to them if you haven't. Pour into them. And if this is serious enough for you to email me on this podcast, I would, I would go to, um, are you, first of all, I'd say, are you getting hurt physically? Because I'd go to the police. Are you getting hurt emotionally, verbally? I would go to the principal of your school. And first and foremost, I would go to your parents. And, and, and hey, this is something I just got to say for parents listening to, this kind of thing for a 14-year-old is worth considering moving. This is something that if my, if my kids came to me and said this and it was a problem that I couldn't fix with the authorities or myself or with a school attendant, I would consider moving. Yes, that's that's that is that's a, that's a big deal. But so is being bullied. Bull, being bullied is a big deal. So we need to stop this. We need to we need to stop the leaky faucet immediately. Put the drain back in. And uh, I I want to tell you, buddy, that um, I don't want you said this in such a short email. I don't know much about it, but I, I don't want you to um, I don't want you to be shy about telling people this problem. Be vocal about it. I'm talking police, I'm talking principal, I'm talking teacher, I'm talking counselor, I'm talking student advisor, I'm talking mom and dad, I'm talking next door neighbor. People need to know this. Don't keep it to yourself, Anthony, okay? All right, email me back. Let me know how this is going, brother. Okay, bouncing around here. So many... So many great, great questions here. Okay, subject line here. Next one, subject line, suicide. Granger, my name is Alan, and I'm from Topeka, Kansas. I'm 28 years old. I know this is a deep topic, and I apologize if this is how you start your day. Uh, but I'm so lost. I'm not sure where to turn or what to do. After 10 years of marriage, my spouse decided she wanted a divorce, we got married at 18, which admittedly was probably too young, but I love her so much and she has no desire to be with me anymore. I can't imagine a life without her. I'm struggling with dark thoughts. How do I get through this this season of life? I feel like I'm doomed. Um, Alan, First and foremost, first and foremost, you, listen, you need to seek professional help immediately. Maybe you already have, but the fact that you're emailing me on this podcast, I'm one, I'm questioning if you've done this yet. You need to seek professional counseling and you could do this through, uh, through insurance with your doctor. Um, if that's not an option, then you go to a church and you seek immediate counsel. Regardless of professional um, therapy, you also, I would re- highly recommend you go to a church too. And you talk to the pastor there, or you talk to an elder, and you immediately join a small group with a group of men around you that could that could listen to you and give you wise counsel and lift you up, okay? Like tonight, 
when you hear this podcast, as soon as you hear it, these are the steps. Immediately, I need you to seek professional guidance, therapy, counseling, and I need you to go to a local church, and I need you to seek guidance there through uh, pastoral counseling, um, some kind of elder, and immediately join a small group of men. I've, I've repeated myself twice now um, because I want you to hear it. I want you to hear it and then go rewind it and listen to it again. But these, these are your steps. Nothing I could tell you on this podcast will matter because this ultimately this is just a podcast. And podcasts ultimately are entertainment. And you don't need entertainment right now. I want to acknowledge the 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 depth of what you're going through is valid, okay? What you're talking about is is a valid problem that could that could drive anyone totally crazy and insane. And when and when you get to an, a totally crazy insane level, bad things can happen. So we we need to take it, control of this and get a grip on it immediately through professional help. From there, medication might be on the table. Probably will. I have nothing against that. I, I, I'm telling you to seek pastoral counseling at a church. I'm also telling you that I would have no problem in your situation seeking um, some kind of medical treatment through medicine, right? Pop a pill for a little bit. Um, I, there is When you get to a level like this, it, from this kind of trauma, PTSD, um, your brain is not balanced anymore. You have a chemical imbalance and you need something to counteract that chemical imbalance. That would be medication. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a doctor and I'm not advising that. What I'm telling you is if you go to a therapist and that's what they recommend, I would listen to them. That's what I'm saying. I would be open to listening to all these kind of options, but I hope that I'm speaking clearly and I'm speaking uh, poignantly to you, Alan, that um, I feel like this is important and I feel like you this this email as I'm reading it is came in yesterday, so this is brand new. And I, and I would I would want you to email me back just to confirm that hey Granger, it's Alan. I did what you said. I I've got my first meeting tomorrow. Okay. And then when you do that, when you email me again, we'll touch base a second time. Okay. But until then, that's all I'm going to say. All right, brother. Thanks for your question. All right, let me recover from that. That's it. I mean, guys, these emails get deep, don't they? Deep. Subject line on this next one, hopefully it's lighter. Subject line says, balancing school and work. Hey, Mr. Smith, my name is Graydon. I'm 14. I live in Fairbanks, Alaska. You know, there's a lot of snow up here, and I snowmobile a lot. I'm working on getting a new snow machine, and I also have a lot of school. How can I balance school and working? How did you make money when you were my age? Thank you for great music and encouraging podcast and being a light for Jesus. Yee yee. Um, Graydon, thanks, thanks, buddy. Thanks for emailing. You know, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be in Fairbanks. By the time you guys hear this podcast on Monday, I will have just left Fairbanks yesterday. I'll be going there here for me as I'm doing this real time in a couple of days. So. I'll be there, man. I'll see the snow that you're talking about. I'm excited for you. It's it's fun to have dreams. It's fun to have a snow snow machine goal for yourself and you want to make money. I love that. Um is the is the poem if by Rudyard Kipling says, 
have dreams, but don't make dreams your master, right? So, so this dream of a snow machine is awesome, and it's a great dream, and I love goals like this, but don't make it your master. Like, don't, don't make it rule your life so that you have to change everything to, to meet the dream of this toy. Really, really, it's a toy. So to answer your question, I was, when I was 14, I was working for a paint contractor. His name was Bob Williams, and he painted painted homes. And so I went out, started out when I was your age, um, started working for him. And I was like the tape guy. I would just, I would tape everything and get the house prepped and put out the plastic and tape up the plastic and cover the furniture and cover the back patio, you know, take the ladders out of the truck, you know, stuff like that. So, uh, and then I worked for him for um, all through high school. So I would work my way up and, you know, it took years before he actually trusted me with a paintbrush or a roller, but but I started as just the guy that just grabbed ladders out of the truck. And I loved it and paid, got paid by the hour. And I remember um, every morning about 10 a.m., we would go to Taco Cabana, which is here in Texas. And we would we would get tortillas and salsa and roll them up into tight little rolls and then dip it in the salsa, sit under an oak tree in the summertime. It was the best. So I, I enjoyed it. And that's what I did for money. And what I want to talk about is you said, how could I balance school and working? Well, the trick to that to your question is, you're, what you're really saying is, how could I balance school and buying a snowmobile? Which there is a problem because school is going to take priority over this. So if you just didn't tell me about the snowmobile um, and all you said was, how could I balance school and paying bills? Well, that's a different conversation, but that's not that's not the question you're asking. Your question is, how could I balance school and having a hobby? And I would say right now at 14, my best advice to you is school wins. There is no balance. When you got the scale, school tips the scale. So nothing you could do right now needs to interfere with that scale and make it lopsided or you try to even it out. School needs to win. You're going to hear this later and you're going to understand in 10 years when you're 24, you're going to look back and go, ooh, glad I studied, glad I got grades, right? Glad I got good grades because it matters to making money later for you because that's going to deeply affect you actually having real things to pay for like mortgages and car payments and bills and and keeping the, the lights on. It's going to matter a lot more to how you did in school right now. So if you look back and you go, man, I just wasted my school life because all I was worried about is snowmobiles and making money for them. And then my grades failed because of it. And now I still can't afford a snowmobile and I'm 24, right? That's, that's the chain reaction that's going to happen. So to your, to your question, there is no balance if you're asking school and hobby. Go get a job. Find your time. Find the time that you do have at home. If you're not in, if you're not in a sport or anything like that, then fill your time when you get home. As long as it doesn't interfere with studying and your homework and your tests that you have coming up, don't let it. Don't compromise that. But a, a good way to look at this goal of a snowmobile is two ways. One, make it a three-year goal so that you're slowly making money over three or four years, or make your the goal of your hobby cheaper <laughs> get something less expensive like get, snowmobiles are really expensive so maybe maybe get an old used one or 
Think of something else that's cheaper. I know you love snowmobiling. I, I know you want this machine. So I don't want to take that from you. And I don't want to diminish your goal. But I, you hear what I'm saying. I'm just saying, stop worrying about this balance. Because you're going to know in 10 years that this is the right advice. Get those grades. Get those grades first. Don't compromise uh, with trying to get a job and work too many hours. Nothing wrong with getting a job, and I hope you do. But uh, make sure it makes sense. That's all we got. Thank you guys for listening. Keep on email. I love your emails, so keep them, keep them coming, and we'll see you next time. Yee yee. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith Podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel. Hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. If you have a question for me that you would like me to answer, email grangersmithpodcast at gmail.com. Yee yee.